Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the first Elm Park Royals preview show of 2022. Despite Monday, we'll try and keep this relatively upbeat. Um, we probably should have had a preview before Derby, but who knew whether that game was even going to be on? So we didn't bother, really. Um, joining me today is Jonathan Lowe. How are you doing, Jonathan? Hello. Yes, all good. Thank you. I mean, I, I say we're going to try and keep it upbeat, but um, Monday, I mean, a draw on the face of things may not be the worst result in the world. Derby had been on a bit of a run, but it, the manner of that draw was not great. No, certainly not. I think, yeah, like you said, I mean, probably a point. I think maybe on maybe on the balance of play, the a draw might have actually been a fair result. I, I'm sure plenty of people would disagree with that, but I would probably argue that it was fair um but yes yeah, like you said it's the manner of the uh, last 10 minutes or so really that um well what's will what be what fans remember it for uh and unfortunately it will certainly weigh on fans and players minds i would have thought uh, for the next couple of weeks or so uh until the until they get out of the system and, and put in a good performance so um yes one, one to forget to uh to begin 2022 unfortunately um I mean, the only saving grace is that it probably wasn't a defeat, uh, even though it probably felt like one. Um, but, uh, I mean, you know, they started the game well. There, there were some encouraging signs. Uh, I thought uh, Tom Holmes had a very good game. I thought Andy Carroll had a, had a decent game as well. And, and Junior Hoyler as well, obviously, with his, his goals as well. as the first one, uh, really nicely taken goal. Um, so there were some pleasing aspects to come out, come out of it. But, uh, unfortunately, it was kind of the same old rating as we've seen this season. The... the um, predictable nature of, of how the uh, second half and you know any half hour um, panned out uh, was uh, yeah say just predictable and you know, it's the way they sank deeper and deeper as the game wore on just invited the pressure and ultimately Derby get got very uh, got you know a point which they thoroughly deserved I think. Do you have an opinion on I don't want to say blame because I think blame can be attributed many different ways but uh, 
whether it's the players that should be stepping up there or, or whether it was the management team that got things wrong um, in that second half? Uh, it's a very good question and it's a very difficult one to answer, I think, because I think it's, you know, at the risk of sitting on the fence, I think the the manager and his coaching staff have, have you know, got a large responsibility uh, for it. I think the players have got responsibility as well. I think the captains have got a big responsibility as well, even though that was Josh Lawrence. Um, yeah, something rather unfamiliar for him. Um, so I think kind of combination combination of all three really. Um, you know, had Femi Aziz buried that chance late late on when I think it was two one. I think it would have been three one. That would have been game over, obviously, and we wouldn't be talking about this. So um, uh, as the old cliche goes, it's, it's it's those fine margins. But uh, certainly, I think. Um, I guess it stems from the top, doesn't it? So that's the manager and the coaching staff have got to sort of maybe the biggest responsibility out of all of it. Um, there, there did sort of seem to be a sense of, um, I don't know how to describe it, just um, not unease, but uh, a slight nervousness maybe in, in the sort of around the hour mark just after the second goal because you thought, uh, you know, there's still a, a long way to go in the game and maybe sort of the some of the fans sensed it as well and it filtered through to, to what happened on the pitch um and uh i say you know as we've seen twice uh before the season against blackpool and qpr that they've surrendered a, a two-goal lead so um you know it's a, it's a mentality thing as well for the players i think the players have shown over the past you know not just six 18 months it's you know it goes back four or five years isn't it the mental fragility that uh, a lot of them have um I think that that all contributes, and um, you know that Luke Southwood era for, for the first derby goal as well, um, and then you know Tom Holmes switching off, allowing Curtis Davis to to put a bullet header past um, Southwood in injury time. So um, yeah, it's just a combination of those things, really. Um, you know, you had to pin me down. I guess it would be Panovic because you know say it starts from the top the the blame, but um, you know. The players do have to take a, a large portion of the responsibility as well, I think. Yeah, and I think the, the sort of worrying thing, I mean, as everyone has touched on, is is the pattern that, um, you know, over the last few few weeks that Reading can't, A, hold on to a lead, but B, even if they have a lead or, or, or a drawing, the second half is always sitting deep. It doesn't seem like we continue with the game plan and, whether that's to do with the number of injuries and just we don't have fit enough players to play 90 minutes at this point, um, especially if a lot of them have had COVID and and aren't fully fit, it's hard to tell. So he, he does still, in my mind, have that kind of caveat to fall back on a little bit, but obviously that only works so often. And and as others have pointed out, if, if we're playing every week, he complains. If, if we had just come back from a break, he complains. And, and that does get a bit grating for fans, uh, definitely. Um, so that break that we had, you know, in December was probably good for getting some players back, even though half of them still seem to be missing. Um, it's obviously created quite a congested January, um, which you'd normally think of as December. Do you think that he'll play the full team at Kidderminster or will he go for the youth and, and keep them, uh, the, the senior guys, fit for, you know, the Fulham game and, and Middlesbrough after that? Uh, yeah, I think I think he'll go with, with the youth. Um, 
he might play a few of the senior players, but um, I think he'll certainly give the <coughs> FA Cup game a, a, gives the youngsters an opportunity to, opportunity to have run out. Um, you know, the likes of probably Jamari Clark, Tyrrell Ashcroft, um, Dayan Tetek if he if he's back, um, possibly Kanai Boyce Clark as well in goal. Um, because you know, as, as much as we all like a cup run, uh, every season it seems to be the the league's the priority for Reading, uh, and even more so this season, uh, maybe more so than ever, really. Um, and they just can't afford to to risk any more injuries. Um, you know, given this break, we're still not kind of one hundred percent sure. You know, who's had COVID, who's injured, who's recovered from COVID, who's back back from injury. Um, and of course, no doubt, some of these players who are back from injury will you know, have setbacks at some point, either in their recovery or when they are back on the field as well. Uh, so that just adds to the frustrations. Um, so yeah, I think um, you know that that I mean the Fulham and Middlesbrough games are uh, certainly on paper really really difficult games, especially the, the way those two teams are going at the moment. Um, so yeah, they, they they're going to want all their senior players back fit for for those games and give them a good crack um they've got a few couple of games i think towards the end of the month which are more winnable i think Luton at home um and obviously the peterborough one well that's in february but um you know they're games that they really need to be getting the three points from so um yeah i think uh for the certainly for the cup game uh, it'll be a it'll be a rotated side or rotated as much as it can be and um you know if the senior players do play it will only be i guess probably final half hour or maybe the first 45 minutes um just to, to keep them as fresh as possible for the league and i mean we don't we're probably not going to go on for that much longer because um let's be honest neither of us know too much about kidderminster um but do you think that this run of fixtures is velko paunovic's i don't not biggest test but the biggest test for his job security because obviously that that draw on on monday has kind of killed the mood um a loss against kidderminster a lot of people are always saying that should be the end of him but even if we beat kidderminster you've got fulham then middlesbrough okay luton might be a bit more winnable but qpr like a, a lot of teams in the top half of the table realistically picking up points in this period is going to be really difficult for him yeah, it is. Um, it's it's going to be difficult for him, difficult for players, and to say that this uh, sort of relentless nature of these fixtures, um, it's going to catch up on some of the players. So I've got no doubt about that. And so it'll all be how they cope. Um, I mean, the kidding minutes game is a bit of a free hit, I suppose. Uh, you know, unless they lose five nil, then uh, I actually think he'll be in the job. Um, you know, for, for, at least for the Fulham game. Um, but I say those those Fulham and Middlesbrough games are, are really really difficult. But um, you know I think overall that this month is a really crucial month. I think on on and off the field um, in terms of getting some points, uh, getting you know enough points to um, get a bit of breathing space between them and the relegation zone, and also what they can do in the transfer window, which won't be very much. But um, if they can somehow um, you know get a few deals, get a couple of players out off the wage bill, and, and you know. Get a couple of freebies in or, or loan players, um, then uh, you know that will set them up at least for the for the next couple of months, and, and you know also um, tie down a couple of players who are out of contract to, to new contracts. So it's a it's a really busy month for Reading. Um, the priority has to be getting 
you know, as many wins as possible in the league. Um, and, uh, you know, if they don't get that, then I think there'll be ever uh, increasing number of questions for Velko Panovic to, to answer. Um, you know, I think this, this probably this COVID outbreak has given him a little bit more time. Um, not to mention that, you know, these injuries and, and hopefully having Lucas Schau back sooner rather than later uh, will give the team a, a big boost uh, and hopefully to turn the side's fortunes around. So, um, yeah, I think, uh, you know, it's we'll, we'll know a lot more about Velka Panovic in, in three or four weeks' time. Um, you know, if they don't get a couple of wins, then I can really, you know, who knows whether they're, they're contemplating a change, to be honest, because... Um, you know, it's very hard to second guess Die Young, but um, you think he'll be under any severe pressure if they are uh, where they are at the moment in the table at the end of January. I did start this podcast by saying we try and be upbeat, but um, that is difficult at the minute, uh, for sure. Um, you know, with everything, um, do, do you want to hazard a prediction for the Kidderminster game? Um not particularly because I basically because I saw someone tweet about uh, it's just going to be a repeat of Stevenage and that's kind of been on my mind ever since and I fear that it might be something like that. Um, well, of course, it won't be a repeat of Stevenage because it's going to be decided on the day. There's no replays. So even if it is a draw, draw then uh, at least it'll go to penalties um, potentially. Um, I mean, I, I mean, Kidderminster are going to be right up for it. Um, but you still like to think that Reading are going to have enough to win the game. Um, so I will go for a 2-1 away win. Oh, that's not that confident, given they're in National League North. I know, but, but, but uh, you know, it's, uh, I've heard that Agborough is a tough place to go. Um, although I shall probably caveat that by saying it will probably go to extra time. So 2-1 after 120 minutes. 120 yeah. painful minutes, probably. Okay, well, uh, I'll go for a easy 3-0 Reading win because, you know, that's how we do things. We're just nice and simple. Yeah, Yeah. um, the most disappointing thing about Saturday already is that they used to do these really good um, pies there, which were like the the talk of everyone in the Football League and below. And um, they've stopped doing them this season. So that's going to be upsetting. Just going to have to get generic football ground food. but Devastated. Yeah, well, you that's can't, the way we're in a trip. Yeah, I know, I know, but it's it's a sellout completely. Home ends sold out, away ends sold out, so should be a good atmosphere at least. It's nice to go somewhere that isn't just a championship ground that you play at every every week. So I'm I'm looking forward to it, and um, you know, fingers crossed that even if he plays a youth. It should be enough to get us through. Um, no disrespect to Kidderminster, but obviously you would hope that our guys are, especially with a sprinkling of the senior players, um, as is likely to happen, it, they should be good enough. So, yeah, I don't want to be one of those people that get really overconfident and then have to come back the next week and and uh, apologise for cursing us. But yeah, but hey, I, yeah, it's um, yeah, you know, any 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 side going there they're, they're, they're um uh, yeah i mean i don't know much about kidderminster to be honest but i imagine i imagine that the pitch may not be pristine and the fans will be on top of you and you know they'll they'll 
you know, not waste time, but take the time over things and, and they'll do their best to annoy Reading and it'll be whether they can respond to that, basically. Yeah, well, let's hope they do. Uh, Jonathan, yeah. thank you very much. Um, thank you. Hopefully next time we'll be talking about, you know, well, we'll have played Fulham at least by next time we speak. So, you know, maybe we'll have three points and a, a fourth round of the FA Cup to talk about. Um, next up, we talked to Shane Wilkinson to get the Kidderminster side of things. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm joined by Shane Wilkinson, uh, at non-league writer on Twitter, um, a season ticket holder for Kidderminster Harriers. Shane, how's it going? Yeah, not too bad, Matthew. Thank you. Uh, thanks for having me on. Yeah, well, I don't think that many Reading fans are going to know an awful lot about Kidderminster. So, well, the town or the team. Uh, give us a bit of a lowdown on on the Harriers and, and how your season's going so far. Well, to start at the start, really, uh, the town, famous for the carpets, which may explain the uh, DY10 carpet men chant that will most likely be sung at some point by uh, by the North Stand. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah, uh, the Harriers then. Uh, obviously, former football league club. We, I believe, it's the only team in Worcestershire to uh, to have ever had a football league club. So we do hold that distinct honour. Uh, went up in 1999, relegated in 2004-05. We were actually denied promotion before, at some point in the 90s, slightly before my time, <laughs> um, due to grading uh, rules. Uh, remember those antiquated. Uh, uh, not long after uh, one up, one down got got brought in, but that's off the top of my head. It may not be factually correct. Uh, yes, just traditionally a conference premier team, I'd say. Uh, some good times, some bad times, and we're now down in step two, National League North, where we've been for I think it's five years now. Well, save for the early couple of years under John Eustace, I'd say this is our best season at the level yet under our old. Our old midfielder, Russ Penn, were sitting in the playoff positions. We played, we only played 16 games. The teams around us have played up to 19, obviously with the cup run and COVID. So we're, I'd say, I think in horse racing terms, we're, we'd, be, uh, we'd be prominent, I think would be the right term to use. Yeah, so you mentioned COVID. Um, Reading have had a kind of elongated layoff and you guys haven't played since uh the middle of december is that right yeah the 18th of december in a 4-1 defeat to boston united in the fa trophy yeah i'm aware of the um reading covid layoff covid layoff we've been uh see since the draw's been made we've been keep a few of us have been keeping our eyes on on matters down down there just to you know just to see what we're up against but uh you know, it's the challenge with that really is you. There's always one of two camps in there. There's a the doom and gloom merchants who oh, there's going to be nobody available and we're going to have to pluck the under 16s and we're going to lose. 
and then you've got the eternal optimist who are like, oh, Lucas, yeah, we'll be back, and everybody will be back, and everything will be fine. Obviously, just like every good story, I think the truth's somewhere in the middle with you guys, but ourselves, as I say, yeah, we've not played since the 18th because of COVID, but not on our side, annoyingly. Hereford and, Cove, and uh, Kettering both had cases of COVID, and uh, we were due to play on the second. And uh, Hereford, much to, I think, everybody's annoyance this side of... Uh, this side of the border, they called it off at half past eight the night before. Uh, just to clarify that, it, uh, Hereford is one of our big derbies. It's uh, Hereford and Worcester, two counties quite close to each other. So, in fact, we share the same radio station. So that it's the uh, Hereford and Worcester derby, which traditionally takes place over Christmas. But this time will be on a couple of random Tuesday nights in February and March, no doubt. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, as you kind of alluded to earlier, there aren't that many other teams around around you at the same level, um, historically anyway. Um, what, what kind of style do Kidderminster play? Is it, is it attacking? Like, should we expect lots of, lots of energy? Um, are you more defensive? I think energy is a perfect word to use there, actually. And very energetic. We are. I know going into I know the last time we played, we were the top goal scorers in in our league. I've not, to be honest, I've not checked the data on that for the last round of games that have taken place. But we are among the top scorers in the league. And going back to when we beat Grimsby in the first round, energy was was the perfect word to use. It was they couldn't deal with our energy and and with Halifax. It, we just blew them away in the first 20 minutes. So we, we are a predominantly front-foot team, I'd say. We'll try and get it down. We'll try and play to the thirds. High energy, high pressing, as is really the way the way that everybody plays these days. We, but we're not afraid to, if we need to, go a little bit more direct. We, we have got a good mix there where we've got a, an old-fashioned number nine in Amari Morgan-Smith, who's got six goals this season. He'll hold the ball up, but the goals come from the three behind him. Ash Hemmings is a tricky winger. He's had a bit of experience in the Championship and League One back when he came through the Academy of Wolves. About, about 15 years ago, I'd have thought. 12 years ago. He's our top scorer with 11. In behind him, at, in behind Amari at uh, number 10, we've got Sam Austin, who's a Club legend already, I'd think, I'd say. He's uh, he played over 150 games since joining the club back in, I think it was 2016. And uh, apart from, I think, centre-half and goalkeeper, he's played every position, which just makes what he's doing this season even more ridiculous. He's a diminutive attacking player four years ago, was our number one left-back. Yeah, explain that. And then on the other wing, our other pace merchant, the other player with plenty of football league experience from his days at Mansfield and he's got five but we've got goals all over the pitch Alex Penny at right back if he plays he's got five this season our other right back on loan from Warsaw, Joe Folks, we picked up a bad injury back in October down at Ware when we played them in the third qualifying round he's just had his loan extended to the end of the season, he's just on the comeback trial now and he chipped in with two in about nine games I think it was so uh, definitely a, a team who like to play on the front foot and take it to the opposition 
So do you think that um, the COVID sort of break that you've had will, will help you? Or do you think that maybe you'll end up running out of legs kind of midway through the second half? I know what you're hoping the answer will be there, uh, Matt, but we are still a full-time professional team. So those, you know, the BBC, ITV, insert TV station, the cliches of the butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker and the part-time warehouse workers, they're not going to apply here, unfortunately. We are, we remain full-time since we've come down here. So in terms of fitness, Russ, I'll have had them all on the training ground. I've got full faith that the fitness will stand up because, you know, the COVID... I see it would have been different if if our side was were to have had the COVID, but because we've been the indirect... Yeah, we've had the indirect consequences, as it were, not being able to play, but not of our own doing. That should be okay. I mean, we've had no real injuries to speak of, so that that were publicly announced anyway, apart from Lewis Montrose, who's started to come back. So, obviously, we're about three and a half weeks by the time the game comes around. Just give those little niggles a chance to a chance to subside, but at the same time that. Is that going to be at the expense of a bit a lack of match fitness, that match sharpness, which you need at any time, let alone playing a team who are in the championship, you know? Yeah, sorry, I meant no slight by that question. I, I did genuinely mean the uh, the kind of match fitness you're talking about there. Reading looked a bit rusty towards the end of our game on Monday, um, which I'm not going to touch on again because it went pretty, pretty <laughs> yeah. badly in the end. I was uh, doing a little bit of independent scouting, and just just to your point, there's no slight taken. I just know it's uh, it's a bit of a trophy in it with the wider wider media. So we'll uh, get we'll get our little independent media shot in at at the big boys while we can. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> to your to your game at the, the uh, well, I'll say the weekend. It's all merged into one, hasn't it? This Christmas period. I was, I was quite keen to watch that game actually. Just again, see, I know we're probably not going to see all the boys that, that played on display, such as Junior Hoylet, but what a strike that was, by the way. It was just to get a flavour of what the style of play is, because we could, as I alluded to earlier, we can all read things online. You know, it's Vladko, isn't it, your manager? He's not, oh, he's not a cup manager. Oh, he plays a load of hoofball. He does he does this, he does that. Well, as somebody who probably hasn't watched a Reading game in about 15 years, well, what better? Better way to find to try and get a little preview than to than to watch a game when it was on TV. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm interested to know what you guys thought of drawing Reading actually, because obviously Kidderminster are the lowest ranked side left in the in the competition. So uh, again, no disrespect meant, but I think a lot of Reading <laughs> fans were were quite happy with that draw. Um, maybe less so now, given everything that's going on with us. Um, it could definitely be a banana skin. But um, what, what were you guys thinking? Were you happy with the draw? Would you have rather drawn, you know, someone lower down than us or, or even one of the Premier League big boys? Well, the obvious answer is the big boys, isn't it? I mean, funny enough, I, uh, a little bit of self-promotion, if, uh, if you'll indulge me. After the Halifax game, I went on to... Uh, a popular phoning show with two ex-professionals and they asked me the same one and they used the caddy of Norwich who one of the presenters supports and I was yeah to say I'm raspberry a little bit was uh 
you know, there'd be a fair statement. So, so they'd gone low. There was a little bit of egg on my particular face, but no, again, no disrespect. And when you get to the third round and you're this low, you, you're, you're aiming at the stars, aren't you? You are aiming for Man City, Man United, Arsenal, Paul, well, anyone in the top 16 in the Premier League. So when you get a, from the outside, a struggling championship side, the first reaction is, huh? It is a little bit underwhelming, especially when you the toys either side you're like Liverpool and Shrewsbury. And it, oh, it was so close. But in the cold light of day, when we reflect on it, it's they're a struggling championship side. Okay, they are a better team than us. The four leagues higher. They have far better players, obviously. But they're struggling. And when, when we struggle, we lose confidence. We're doing well. We have confidence. And just something down to that minute detail could make the difference. So then, as time goes, and you have all your well-documented issues on top of that, they start to think, actually, that's, this isn't too bad. It could have been worse. We could have drawn somebody like, I don't know, like Wigan. You know, just pumped hold him 6-0 last night. I'd rather be sitting here now with a game on Saturday, no disrespect, against a Reading team who threw three points away in the last five minutes on Monday or whatever day it was as opposed to playing a side who have just come off a 6-0 spanking. So it's it's what you make of it, really, isn't it? But ultimately, what we have got is a side we've never played, a side we'll probably never play again. The closest we've ever got to playing was being in the old Division 3 when you guys were in the old Division 2. And for 99%, you know, 80%, taking off your 1,500 that you sold out, the only time any of us are going to watch a Reading team will be on Sky Sports, or as it was for me, which I'm holding on to, is you were a Premier League team in my conscious footballing lifetime. You know, it was only 17 years ago with a great team of Steve, managed by Steve Coppel, with Marcus Hanneman, Ivar Ingham Arson, a bleach blonde Kevin Doyle. We're on, you know, we were watching the Hunt Brothers for another two. We were watching those highlights on ITV's The Premiership before Match of the Day got the rights back. So for people of my age, you know, mid to late 20s, if they think the same way as me, this is a very recent Premier League club. And you can't, and we can't really poo-poo that. In, for me, anyway. Well, and absolutely, as you say, about Reading's issues, like, I don't think that anyone, the Reading side of things, are approaching this as a game that is not without some some hazard um and you you really never know especially if we put out a team we played swansea in the carabao cup earlier in the season and the average age of that team was like 17 or 18 with almost no no senior experience whatsoever so if that side gets put out again who knows what will happen because obviously i think the manager will want to protect some of the the senior players especially um, unlike your, yourselves, we we had COVID in our camp, and I think he'll probably want to protect them. Yeah. Um, tell us about Agborough, and um, you know, I think it's completely sold out. I think so. It should be a good atmosphere. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, usually holds about six and a half thousand, but because of numerous things, I think we yeah, have COVID red zones. I think the buzzword is, isn't it these days? You've got the red zones and the TV gantries that. Uh, 
the company's one for the extended highlights. So, for one reason or another, and a multitude of them all, were down to about 5,000, which were sold out. Uh, yeah, it's. I'm not going to say it's a traditional non-league stadium, because it, it, it isn't. It's it's a football league two standard stadium. It's probably better than some of the grounds in League 2, if we're honest. I'm thinking of... Although I've never been Forest Green Rovers, it's... It never strikes you as a... It, it, you know, some, some grounds look non-league. It doesn't matter if you're a Midlands-based team or a more Southern-based team. If you've... We've all got an idea of a non-league ground, haven't we? It's, and we've got an idea of a lower league ground and a football league ground and a Premier League ground. Obviously, with the Medeski, it's a Premier League Championship ground, as proven by where the club's got to. And it's the same goes with Agra. It's a top non-league ground into decent football league ground, evidenced by we've actually got there. I believe you guys have got half of the East Stand, which will be seated, and then the South Stand, which is... For, which is all terraced, so that will be, uh, obviously, you know, it's all at your level, it's all all seated. So that again, that that'll be a nice change for fans. It's something that a lot of Reading fans probably won't have experienced. Sure, you'll all stand at the games, but you'll usually have a steward saying, "Oh, sit down," or a chair behind you. But you know, this is terraced. This is crack on. Get your flags up. Get your, you know, get stand, sing, get excited. Get your flags up. We'll do the same. It's you know, if anybody watched the highlights on uh, from the second round, you can see just the atmosphere it can generate. It really can be. It's a cliche, I know. I'm going to use it, and I'm going to give myself a slap on the wrist for it after. It can be the twelfth man. It really can. And if, as you say, it's a side like that side back in the Carabao Cup against Swansea, where it's an average age of seventeen, eighteen. Those kids. Are, Although they they may be technically on a par or better, mentally, are they going to be prepared for that? They they probably won't have played at that level of intimidation or just sheer massive humanity. So I do think you'll need some experienced heads in there, but it's whether they're available for you, whether Vladko decides to. Decides to play them because I believe you you play Fulham on Tuesday night as well, don't you? Yeah. So, you know, so that's another thing that could potentially play to our advantage. You've got three games in eight days. You look at it on paper. Championship game against fellow strugglers. Yeah, we can't really throw that away. Okay, Fulham will be a bit more of a free hit with them going well in the league. But it's still a league game and it, if you can steal a point... That's one more point towards safety. And then you've got a, a team four leagues below, a non-league team. Oh, well, if there's an, ever a time to rotate or take a risk or blood some fresh fresh legs or, or even bring somebody back from injury, I think, again, Lucas Joe's supposed to be on his way back, isn't he? That's the game you'd look to do it in, wouldn't it, from a, a Royals perspective? Yeah, 100%. Although, I'm not sure Joe's going to be back for this game, so... But a few, few of the other ones might be. Um, you know what I am disappointed about, Shane? That we are visiting Agborough in the year that Kidderminster have stopped selling their pies. That's the most disappointing thing to me. <laughs> Absolutely legendary football pies, and we're not even going to get to taste them. Now, you, you notice that's the one thing I left out of the uh, bit about the club. 
because it's a uh, it's it's a wound that's best left uh, left best left unpicked. But now, in in all seriousness, that was well evidently what we were known for. See, so, you know, if you, even you guys are aware of it, yeah, those pies were, and I will emphasise, were unfortunately some of the best food you you get in football. But unfortunately, um, the brains behind the operation, Brian Murdoch, or I should now say, the late great Brian Murdoch, passed away uh, not too long ago before the start of the season. And for one reason or another, the uh, family in the club couldn't agree something. Or, you know, I'm not privy to all the details. So, yeah, the, uh, the famous pies are sadly no longer. Just just upsetting all round. But um, anyway, Cher, <laughs> yes. I've got one final question, and that is, what is your score prediction for the weekend? Oh. Well, if if you gave me 50p of your money, Matt, and say, go and put it on a score, I think I would have to offer 2-1 areas. Nice, nice. I can't... Uh, I, I, uh, sorry, go on. I can't back against... Uh, you know, the, uh, it's the golden rule of... Uh, Football betting or prediction making, and you can never back against your own your own teams. I, 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 to be honest, I'll jump between a healthy respect for the game and a they're going to put the kids out and we're going to beat them. I've I've been flip flopping between those, having internal debates about about that about the last week and a half. But I, I, to be, honest, I think some of that is just because we played Manchester United's under twenty threes in. In pre-season, the Grand Tower's last squad that turned up was 11 million quid. With about four internationals and uh, and a member of the Welsh Euro 2021 squad in Dylan Levitt. And we came from 2-0 down to draw to all with them. So that, that is skewing my thinking a little bit if it's a bit more of a, an academy side that, that you bring. But it's like comparing apples and oranges, isn't it? You can't fall into that trap. Well, no, I think... Uh... I said a three nil win to Reading, but that's that's more heart than head, to be fair. Like I'm just <laughs> sort of hoping that we we turn up, but it it really could be anything. Like it and in in some ways, a loss in the cup is probably some people are gonna hate me for saying this, but it's it's probably not the worst thing that could happen for Reading this season. So I don't even want to think about fixture congestion if we if we actually progress. So yeah, I mean It'll just be a nice day out, and that's that's the key thing. Well, that that's it, isn't it? It's you know we're, we're probably not going to meet again, you know, unless there's some really really strange events that go on in the next however many years are to come. But uh, it's just for my part personally, I, I like to get out of games, not just Harry's games. If you know, in this past week when we've not been playing, I've been a at the local non-league scene generally. So to have had the replays taken away for me was a little bit disappointing because it's if we got the draw, we'd be coming down to I still call it the Medeski. It's it's that that old that old fart syndrome. It's Bolton's the Reebok. Reading is the Medeski, not the sponsored stuff that there is now. That's I know, I know I'm not going to be popular with your sponsors for saying that, but hey-ho. Uh, I would point out that has... the Reebok is also a sponsor, but yes. 
But it's a good point well made, but the <laughs> it's I mean, what is it now? The University of Bolton is it or something? It's so some names are just so, died. Yeah. They're just died in the wool, aren't they? And 100%, the Medeski is one of was it the 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 serving cars or something? It's I oh know something. The car thing, yeah. That's the one. I know it's something beginning with S. But yeah, the opportunity to have come to a potentially a, again a not too distant past Premier League ground. Yeah. Even if even if it was only half, oh, it was only eight thousand there. That's still our average attendance is two thousand. So that's still something great for the players, great for the fans. The last time we was at a stadium like that was. The last time we got this far, which was Sunderland in round four, there was only mm. ten or twelve thousand there. But I'll still talk about that now, as I am now. Funnily enough, yeah, there was only ten or th- eleven thousand there then. But it was, it was that experience of you're watching your team at a an elite level club stadium, which, yeah, you know, it's the it's the dream for the cup, isn't it? I mean. Possibly not now for, for Reading because you've been there to the Premier League. Well, I'm sure certainly back in 2005 when you had your first season there, the opportunity to go to St James's for the first time, potentially, or Anfield, Stamford Bridge, it was just like this big wide world opening. And that's a little bit like it would have been for us if if we had the V plays, but say la V, they take, they, <laughs> they've taken that away, haven't they? And that's before we get onto the gate receipts. <laughs> yeah, I mean... I was I was disappointed they took the replays away as well, but as I say, having seen the January that we've got before us, unfortunately, it does kind of make sense um, this year. I'm hoping they won't scrap them forever, but given the way that they they're going, they they probably will just use this as an ex- as, as an excuse. Um, anyway, Shane, yeah. uh, thank you very much for joining us. Um, I think we've run out of time, but it's been. An eye-opening 25 minutes, and hopefully everyone <laughs> listening will agree. Um, you can find Shane, as I said, at non-league writer on Twitter. Um, as that suggests, he doesn't just talk about Kidderminster. Um, thanks very much, Shane. Thanks, Matt. It's been a pleasure, and uh, all the best and safe travels to your 1500 coming up on uh, on Saturday. Hopefully, we get a good game to uh, to watch. Thanks very much, mate. See you.